Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Here we go. We're recording. Um, hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to Wish You All the Best, a personal podcast about modern dating. Um, I am, as always, your host, Scott, and I'm super excited to have my friend Danielle joining me for this episode. Um, uh, Danielle and I, and Misty Lou, her very adorable <laughs> five pound uh, teacup poodle. Um, Danielle and I, we met a few years ago at like a friend hangout uh and mostly misty lou thought that i was pretty cool and so we've been friends ever since that's pretty much that's the story right yes <laughs> <laughs> amazing um okay at the very top what i've, I've just got to do first is anybody who's listening to this um uh danielle is a is a small business owner she's got a line of correct me where i'm wrong here but like vintage jewelry you like find yes. vintage jewelry and you and you yes. resell it it's yes. called RomeVintage.com. That's R-H-O-M-E Vintage.com. I've used it. I've bought um, a, a bracelet for somebody uh, that I was dating. Um, if you know somebody whose love language is uh, gifts, um, go to RomeVintage.com and check it out. But uh, welcome. Welcome, Danielle. How are you? Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm doing very well. Really excited to be here. Uh, I have a lot to say. So yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for thank you so much for joining. Um, okay, so at the top, and we've got a lot to talk about. There's no way we're going to get through all of it. There will be a part two, so buckle up. There's going to be a whole lot of Danielle. Um, yes. At the top, at the top, what I want to say, <laughs> I'm so happy to have you here. Um, this is a podcast, so no one can like see you, but I, I want to frame this because like you are, I, I would just say, and my, my goal here is to make you blush, but you are a very yeah. stylish beautiful, charismatic um, woman. You are someone who um, you absolutely feel like you, we've talked about this once in the past, actually, you you absolutely feel like somebody who has the capacity to be the life of the party, but you also have the ability to kind of like tune that down and like be one-on-one -on -one with someone. Like you, you, you seem to me, and, and this is the whole point of this statement is that of course it's not correct, but I think to, to a, to a, to an outside observer, you seem like someone who um, might have a really easy time finding mm. romance because you're so charismatic. You really are. You're so Thank wonderful. You. And yet, of course, it can be tough, right? Um, yes. So I just wanted to frame that for the listeners. So I'm so happy to have you here. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And I succeeded in making you blush a little bit. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for the compliments. <laughs> I, well, I, I want all the love languages, but words of affirmation is probably my top. Uh, so thank you. Really appreciate it. I'll take all the words of AF anytime, any day. <laughs> You're very welcome. You are very yeah. welcome. Um, okay. So let's start off with something light. Yeah. Yes. You wanted to explain Scandaval to me. Is that right? Yes. And I have to say, I am not a Bravo expert nor reality show expert. I don't really yeah. watch a lot of reality sh TV but I have a couple of friends who do and they were really interested in it. And then I found out about it. And then I just from a psychological um, and sociological perspective, I thought it was really interesting. And so since it is kind of a hot topic right now, I think it'd be fun to talk about. Yeah. So and, and this happened so, like weeks ago, right? I think it was a couple months ago was <laughs> when it all came to the surface and the world was, you know, shocked by what had happened. 
Uh-huh. Um, oh, Misty Lou almost fell off the chair. <laughs> oh, no. You want to get down? Um, and so she, so uh, anyway, it. I think it's probably losing steam now, but maybe a little bit. But I don't know. I feel like people are still really talking about it. Okay, Actually, so it's for, not for, losing steam because the reunion for Vanderpump Rules, which I should just share what this is about. But anyway, I don't think it's losing steam because there was just something that aired a couple days ago. So, so, but just right to set the time. frame, like you're a non-expert <laughs> explaining th- this yes. to me and I'm just like totally in the dark. So let's go. Yes. Let's take a whack at it. I'm, I'm excited. Non- I'm a non-expert. I might, you know, get a few things wrong, but my understanding is there are two people on this show called Vanderpump Rules, which is uh, and, and fun fact. I actually went to college with, uh, Pandora Vanderpump, who okay. is the daughter of Lisa Vanderpump, who basically is the uh, the leader and like the the mother of all these people who work in these restaurants. That she, she's a restaurateur, and she's very has become very successful, very savvy businesswoman. I have not met her in person, but I did go to college and have French class with her daughter. So, <laughs> but um, two people on her this show, and it's all about the lives of of Lisa, but but primarily of the people that she employs and who have worked in a restaurant. And I think it's been on TV for. I don't know, close to 10 years, if not over 10 years. And it's a reality show about a restaurant. It's a reality show about the people who work in the restaurant, but subsequently there's been other restaurants open. I mean, they've, it's become very popular and um, it's, you know, very successful. So you kind of see their lives and, and then you've seen breakups and get togethers and marriages and divorces and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But specifically there, this, this scandal or scandal is, Mm -hmm because of three people that are on the show two of them are in a, were in a relationship they were basically uh life partners they weren't married but they were what is it domestic partnership like legally okay, i right. think they own they a house together. together they own yeah. a house together it was very i mean basically married whatever you want to think of marriage but and then another woman who was supposedly the woman's best friend or very close friend and uh-huh. the uh, Ariana and what is his name? Oh my gosh. I just Tom. Oh my gosh. Ariana and Tom are, are the couple. And then Raquel or Rachel is the, the other person that's involved. So basically okay. Tom was having an affair with Raquel um and then ariana with the found best out. friend correct and then ariana found out mm. about it yes. okay so and as you can imagine well not not this doesn't always happen but the relationship between ariana and tom i think was already rocky um uh-huh. and so but things have gone as far as like i think Tom was receiving death threats. Um, he has a business oh with a, with a friend with another Tom on the show, and that business tanked. Like they got t- like all these one star Yelp reviews, and it just just exploded. It wasn't really just because about of the affair. That. Like because because of, of the affair. Huh. Correct. Yes. So yeah, um, and I think. I think I do want to tread lightly because I worry that 
people will agree. Actually, Pam, Pam, our mutual friend, uh-huh, uh-huh. of course, duh. I she's the one who kind of has gotten me a little bit more interested in this because she's a big Vanderpump Rules fan. Okay, um, okay. But of course, like there's just people have become really attached to the story and want to know why, why was there cheating, what was going on, why did Ariana know what was going on, all of this stuff. So, what are your thoughts? Oh my gosh, I have so many questions. I mean, I, I, can you imagine? Can you imagine like having just the whole idea of reality television? There's so much to unpack there. It's is it really reality? No, it's scripted. There's right. producers, yada yada yada. They're making it more dramatic. But like, yes, just the thought experiment of like me trying to do dating. Right? If I had cameras following me around, and if I had like right. a following of like even a small following of people like watching over my shoulder as I went on dates or as I was like having trying to figure out my emotional romantic life like right i would be a mess like i i would that would be and, and, and not that i not that i think that like i'm doing anything that that is like deceptive or sneaky or you know i just like just the just the extra eyes in the room would totally would just totally change everything and like like this this process of finding a partner which i'm already finding has been very very challenging would I'm sure yeah. just become like impossible. And yes. I don't know. I mean, that's a really banal thing to observe, but yeah. No, I, I think that's agreed a hundred percent. And I think it's interesting because I, I have never had a relationship last more than maybe a year and a half. And ever, ever. Really? Ever. I'm so surprised to hear that Danielle. Okay. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And this kind of ties into what we're going to talk about later, just about, you know, child childhood stuff and or why we what's our motivation for dating? That's kind of what we're gonna yeah. talk about later. But yeah, so to imagine that I was in a relationship for 10 years with someone, I can't I mean I can't even imagine that. Number one, it's very hard for me to imagine. Even though I want that, I do want that. Yeah. And then number two, to have that be on TV. And then number three, to have this personal thing with the cheating and the friend and all of that also on TV and everyone's talking about it. Yeah. I don't know. Bananas. Bananas. Okay. Um, And so wait, in your note, you said that one of these people said to the other people, I wish you the best or something. Yes. So (laughs) Ariana was for her first interview. She went on a podcast called call her daddy and this okay. is like the first interview that she did after all of this happened, I believe. It was like a sit down, you know, hour and a half long interview. And she was talking about how Tom's parents, who she was, I think, close with. I mean, they dated for 10 years, but Tom's parents didn't. She said they didn't even reach out to me and say, you know, like, wish you all the best. It's a thing. But it's so yep. interesting that. That, I mean, after all of that, to her, that felt like enough. After all of that, Mm. that's what she was like. She's like, I would have just liked that. I'm like, that's interesting because we think it's okay to tell someone that after three dates. Like two dates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. And then she was kind of saying, well, I would have really just at least appreciated just a wish you all the best you know, nice knowing you type of thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, after 10 years, I think, isn't that wild? I think it's like- That's wild. What we what we expect of other people and, and what we will take or what we 
what we expect of ourselves. I mean, it's so interesting in terms of interpersonal relationships and how we uh, measure those and 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 what's you know expected and accepted. It's just interesting. Sure. It's fascinating to me. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, those, that's, yeah, let's, let's, well, okay. Let's get into the deep stuff. Um, because yeah, yes. those questions about like, what are we looking for? What are we expecting? What is a, you know, what is a good relationship? I, yeah. I, I you know, <laughs> this is a wacky segue, but like, I, I can't imagine doing that uh, under the supervision of reality TV cameras, but no. we do do that in our real lives. And you, you sent me a lot of notes about what you wanted to talk about that I really love yeah. that like just getting deep into it. Yes. Um, and so this section, let's get into it. Kind of talking about, I, I do, the, the, I, I don't love this sort of title, but like dating for survival or like mm -hmm. dating, you're talking about this kind of like lizard brain thing, um, mm -hmm. which I, I totally relate to, but like there's, I think, and I'm, I'm going to correct me here, but just to start it off, like characterizing this as like, there is some sort of like deep, like deep chemical, there's an urge, there's a need to go find somebody to date. Um, and yeah, let's get into well, that. Well, yeah. And I think it's not, I think, I believe, and I, I think we are not meant to necessarily be monogamous. Mm. Like as human beings, sure. we're not necessarily yeah. meant to be monogamous. However, we have created this structure of partnership that that builds security when maybe there wouldn't necessarily be security and this idea of family. And so when you think about survival, I personally don't feel like I could survive on my own forever in terms of, uh, not, not in terms of partnership, but literally let's say I was alone on the earth by myself mm -hmm. and I had all the things I needed, food, water, shelter, whatever. Uh -huh. I couldn't, I would not be able to survive. Like I just wouldn't, yeah, I would, you know? And so, yeah, same. The, right. There's these needs that we have that are just these base needs. And also I just, I, I can't help but get this vision out of my mind of like being, and I mentioned this before we got started here was being in an arena mm. and basically I'm fighting for my life. And if I don't have a partner, if I don't have a family, no one would come and be on my side and fight for my life. Or here's another scenario that I think about sometimes is what if I was framed for murder and I knew mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't do it. And like, yeah. no one knew my character and everyone else in the world thought I did it. If I didn't have family or my, a chosen family, which would be a partner and what, whoever, you know, that chosen family. Yeah or and or parents or cousins or sisters or whatever who really unconditionally loved me no one would care whether or not i you know was put into institution for the rest of my life or was put in jail well, for the rest of my life like no one would okay. i mean they would but okay go there's on. so much there to unpack but really quickly <laughs> i i want i do want to address that i've seen you around friends i hope you count <laughs> me as a close friend like there are people yes. who would come to your defense if you were accused of murder I, I would go so far as to say there are people who would probably bury a body for you, Danielle, if you really, really what? needed it. No, that's what I was yeah. going to say. What if I could actually did commit a murder? Would you still be there? I don't know, but my mom would. 
My I would, dad would I, I would I would respectfully try to dissuade you from doing the murder in the first place. Uh, I would try to find another solution. Um but 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 I but I I hear like what you're I think I hear what you're getting at. Like I would frame that or the way that I think about that is that like I think I think these days, like this decade, our generation, I think um I think it's this big underrated problem of just like finding and having community. I think it's much, mm-hmm. much I think it's difficult for men and for women to for everyone to to find community and i think it is a really fundamental need you know i think i think it is something that we like chemically or however you want to think about it lizard brain we need to feel like we've got people like in that arena that you're talking about that mental image i think we do need to feel like we've got people who have our back you know um Mm -hmm. and i for me it's even um it's even like a physical thing like I, i i feel so much better when i am like not too physically far away from the people who I know will be there for me if I need them, even though I know I probably won't. Like I probably won't need to call my friend and have him come over because I can't get out of bed or that I'm sick or something. Right. But like Mm -hmm. feeling like I could, if I needed to, I think soothes me or makes me feel more myself. And when I don't have that, I really feel that kind of fight or flight, you know, kind of instinct. Um, Yeah. When and you say fight or flight, do you have a fear? Sorry. Do you get like, do you have a fear about it or? I think, I think, I think what I would just say is like, like when I feel like I don't have community, the, the more alone I feel, the more difficult it is to like sleep, the more mm-hmm. sort of on edge I am, the more um, I can feel myself just sort of like my brain, my mind is like chemically ready to be more confrontational more mm. um more 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 fight or flight like and, and i guess yeah. i don't mean it in so much in a way that i'm actually threatened but like that my that my brain sort of shifts into that mode where if i have people if i feel like i'm surrounded by people who love me um i'm so much more able to i i would say be myself to mm-hmm. um be vulnerable around someone new since we're talking about dating um yeah. or be comfortable talking with somebody who doesn't see things my way politically or um, learning something new that I'm not familiar with and not feeling, um, embarrassed or not feeling, um, you know what I mean? To just, I feel much more, I think, stable. Um, and I think, I hope more myself right. when I have that community. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And so, um, yeah, I, so I, I want to, I, I love what you're kind of talking about here, or I wanted, I want to get into this, this, this sort of like deep, deep need for dating this this and i and i think that it's not one need i think there's a lot to unpack here but but i if i'm hearing you right what you sent in this note but let's talk about it i think i do feel a deep drive to find an awesome partner and i've got a pretty i'm very picky and maybe that's a problem but like mm-hmm. i know that there are a lot of things that i'm looking for in a potential partner because I'm, I'm looking for somebody and as you say maybe monogamy isn't natural right but i, I do think i'm looking for one partner who wants to, you know, hang out for the next 55 years, right? Which is a big <laughs> ask, um, right? Uh, yes. And I, and I do think there is, for me anyway, kind of a deep, a really deep urge, a deep drive to find that. Um, and, you know, all the caveats, like I'm so lucky that like that's the thing that I want to, that I'm working on. I'm lucky to have the job, yeah. family, friends, my health. Um, but having all that privilege, I do, I feel that deep drive to go and find um that partner. So I don't know, to maybe start off here, 
I wanted to give you the opportunity to, or, or let me hand the mic to you. Like, talk to me about if you feel that deep drive, what it feels like to you. I know it's complex. I know there's a lot in there, but I just kind of want to let you go. Yeah. So I, I do have that deep drive and I, I wanted, I was going to kind of interject and ask you if you wanted kids. That's another that's a great question. Um, I, um, the short answer is I'm not a hundred percent sure. Okay. Um, but let's put a pin in that because that's a yes. whole other conversation that whole could be episode three, maybe. Yes. So I do want children and I know that I have an option to have a child without having a partner. That's definitely an option. And, but it's not an option that I would like. Um, I don't really want to raise a child at this point in my life that could change, but at this point in my life, I don't want to raise a child alone. I've, I've been very fortunate enough to see my friends start raising children, having children, and it's very hard. It's not an yeah. easy job. It's going to be the hardest it's thing not. I'll ever do. And we ask so wanna, much of mothers. Yeah. Well, and fathers too. I mean, I just don't want to do that yeah. alone or yeah. Yeah. And, um, so I do want children. So for me, I have that, I do have a biological clock. It just, that's just yeah. how it is. I'm, there will yeah. come a time when I can no longer have children, uh, from my own stuff. So <laughs> yeah. I, I really do want that. And, um, but I don't feel, I think this idea of like societal pressure, I don't think I feel that. And I don't feel pressure from my family, which is also very lucky. I think a lot of people have great, great amounts of pressure from their families and I don't, Sure. which, and I hardly get anyone ever asking me, why aren't you married? I mean, occasionally someone will say that as a compliment. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're single. You're so amazing. So that's, you know, but yeah. other than Let's that, put a I pin don't in that. I've heard that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Doesn't feel great. yeah, I mean, it's like a, yeah, it's a double-edged sword. It's like, that's great, but also terrible um, mm -hmm. at the same time, uh, mm -hmm. feeling-wise. So I do really want, again, I really want a partner. I have gone through tons of therapy, introspection, self-work, um, retreats, things like that to get to this point. And it's been a roundabout long journey, but I, yeah, I'm ready to do that. Um, in the past, my motivation for finding a partner was different. It was about survival. It was about feeling wanted. It was about me. It was a hundred percent about me and my own needs. And that is not the type of partnership I'm looking for. And it was very apparent that that was not the type of partnership that was going to last. Hmm. I made a ton of mistakes. I hurt people. I, um, yeah, I, I wasn't the best girlfriend. I had tons of relationships back to back. I've now been single for a little over two and a half years. Mm -hmm. Um, almost like an addict, right? I think I was addicted to relationship. I was addicted to feeling desired and feeling important and feeling 
worthy or good. I think good was what I used. Maybe important's not the right, but feeling good, like good enough to be on this planet. And sure. I was kind of a disaster, honestly. I mean, we all have to learn, right? But I, I can totally. look back yeah. on that time in my life and I made decisions that I regret. And, um, but instead of regret, I've turned them into learnings, which is amazing. Um, so my motivation for dating now is to build something with someone in an equal partnership. And I have like one th other thing that's really important to me is being attra physically attracted to my partner. Um, uh -huh. Maybe people think that's, I mean, that's actually surface level because it is but attraction i think is something that we don't necessarily deem to be uh a good thing to look for right now it's like oh looks right. don't mean anything it's like okay well okay yes it's what's inside that counts but attraction means something yeah so i've kind of gone around did i answer your question you totally <laughs> did go and thank you for more things <laughs> I would love to, and, and but yeah. I, thank you for being so vulnerable with that. I love that of so course. much. I, I mean, I will say yeah. I'm definitely looking, I think it is really important just to feel attracted to your partner. And I, yeah. I, I've, I've, I've struggled with the same thing where it's like, I, I feel a little bit vain. Mm -hmm. I feel a little bit shallow, but like, I, I would love to be in a partnership with somebody who it's, especially in the first, when you're first growing that budding relationship to feel that, that chemical uh, spark to feel that warm desire, that hunger for someone. I think that's, um, yeah. And I don't really know how to navigate that. I don't know what to do about that. You know, like I'm, you know, there are people who are privileged who can, you know, have lucky genetics and who have the time to go to the gym and who have the ability to eat right or whatever. Um, and that, you know, helps to become more, I don't know. Like it's, it's a weird, yeah, it's a weird thing, but well, yeah, I think it needs to be there. Yeah, agreed. And and but people who I'm attracted to are not necessarily who people other people. I think that there are, you know, like okay, there are attractive people out there that the majority of people would also agree are attractive. Okay. But I also I, who I think is attractive are, like a mutual friend of ours, we don't necessarily always agree on who we think is attractive. Sure. And that's great because if we all thought the same people were attractive, then <laughs> there wouldn't be enough. <laughs> That's great. fair. It's great. Can I can I pull on that thread? Because again, yes. this podcast, I'm hoping to you know, I'm hoping to encourage men to speak more vulnerably about um, yes. emotional things like dating. I am a thousand percent sure that if I'm a dude listening to this podcast and I've never met Scott, I've never met Danielle, I would be dying to know what is it that Danielle finds physically attractive. Like, what is it uh about? Um, I don't, if, if you can talk about that for just a moment or, or if there's anything there, like, like, what is it that if, and maybe yeah. if you even know, is it just sometimes you, you know it when you feel it? Well, okay. If I'm like, I could go really detailed and be like, well, I really like when faces look like this. Okay. I'm a big face person. Okay. I actually, okay. I actually don't really like a super chiseled body. Like okay. Someone, I like more of a dad bod. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking notes to stop doing cardio. No, okay. Yeah, right. Um, I I think I would prefer someone who has maybe, you know, a nice shape when I'm talking about body, like physicality. I, 
but you know, has a little frosting on top, like a little extra. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I'm not into the like chisel. Yeah. Um, but I'm really face is everything. Like if someone Mm. has a handsome face and hands, handsome face and hands are my like weak points. That's what I really look love. That's what's really attractive to me. Um, and I think kind of a, and I do, and eyes are part of your face. And so eyes are very, um, can be very attractive to me as well. So any aspect of the face, nose, eyes. I love yeah. that. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Of well, course. Because, you know, because I, th- I think sometimes a lot of the dating discourse, especially dating discourse available to men or aimed at men, is really about like, I mean, there's all this like toxic stuff out there, but like, you know, it tells you that women are looking for you, you to look, be built like a, like a superhero and for right. you to be fabulously wealthy. Um, right. You know, it's sort of, if there's this... I think the internet has brought us to this, the the internet and the way that the internet sort of promotes controversial opinions, you know, like Mm -hmm. algorithmic social media will always elevate the like hottest take. Right. And I think that's turned into a dialogue that's created sort of like an us versus them thing with straight Mm -hmm. men and straight women or straightish men and straightish women where Mm -hmm. a lot of men, by the way, love the ish. Well, you know, I try to be, I mean, to be fair, this is mostly a hetero perspective and podcast, right? Because I, I really can't speak to the queer experience, but right. You know, but so so men versus women, the straights. Yep. The um, I th- I think there is this kind of dialogue or this kind of um, what do I want to say dynamic where um, there are men. I don't say all men, but there are men who really feel like they're having a hard time dating. They're not what women are looking for, and it's not fair mm-hmm. because they don't have the chiseled jawline and the three percent body fat, and they can't squat five hundred pounds. Um, and they're not super duper rich, right? They, they, you see all these ideals of what like uh, a desirable man looks like. Um, and it's totally unattainable. You know, it's like you have to be shooting steroids and born rich and also it's absurdly lucky and successful. You know what I mean? Like, I think. Where, where do you think that comes from? And I'm I'm looking for, I'm wondering if you're going to catch on to what I was saying, because it's kind of that same word that we talked about earlier. Where do you think that comes from for women, heterosexual women? Where do I think this idea of wanting strong? Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I would like wave my arms broadly and like gesture at like the patriarchy, right? Like I think, I think there are, oh gosh, there's a lot to unpack here. I think, I think in general, um, I think men are in a very weird place right now because I think we feel like generations ago, what you wanted to do to be a successful man um, was in this like post, I don't know, post-industrial revolution ballpark. I don't know. But what you wanted to do to be a successful man was basically be able to provide, right? Like be a provider because we lived in a society where uh, for a woman to survive, and there's that word, but like for a woman to survive, you basically had Mm -hmm. to, right. You had to find a man. Like you basically weren't permitted and some women did, but like, for the most part, women, like you just really weren't permitted to exist on your own in society. Right. You so couldn't have a bank account, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? If a man has muscles or a chiseled right. body can squat 500 pounds and has wealth, what does, how does that impact a woman's feeling of being able to survive? That's a good question. I, I, I think, okay, so I, th- I think the physical side of it is speaks to another piece of 
I think it's a bad term, but what we call toxic masculinity, right? Like, I yeah. think I think the ideal is a man who can provide and a man who can protect, right? Like, we, right. I think in stories we see men being protectors, and like that involves basically like idealizing or or lionizing or um, you know uh, associating a positive like a, a capacity for violence. If a guy has a capacity for violence, it's mm. uh, some people. Uh, some women, some people would say that that's a desirable thing in a man. Um, mm -hmm. uh, mm. Yeah. And I, and I think those are sort of aspects of sort of what our ideals of manhood have been in the past. And yeah. I think one of the things that, that is putting men today in a tricky spot is that, I mean, if you're not, especially like in places like San Francisco or, or, or the big cities, San Francisco, LA, New York, like, being a provider, um, you know, you, you can make a really, really, really good living in a big city and still be just getting by, right? So, like, offering a comfortable life to somebody um, as a as like a I don't want to say bargaining chip or as like part of the right. deal when you're coming to a right. relationship, um, you've got to be like doing very, very well to offer someone just like more comfort than she can earn on her own because women are more than capable now than, than, than and making their own way. And you, again, right. you're a small business owner, you know, this like, which I think is good. Like, I think that's a good thing. I think, I think assigning value to men based on the, what they can earn is, I, I, I can only speak personally, but like, that's not what I'm looking for. I don't want someone right. to value me because of what I can earn. Not that I earn a ton, but like, you know, I want someone to value me because I want to be seen. I want to like be understood and feel like they like, you know the the quirky weird unique piece of me that is me does that make sense right totally and then the, yes. capa the capacity like the the big buff muscles thing you know like i think yeah i think that comes from like stories about heroes maybe not superheroes but like you know the the, the movies about big strong men and like um well and where did the movies come from and, where did the movies come from i don't know what would but I don't know. Do you agree? Like, I think, I think there's <laughs> yes. that ideal. Yes. I, and it, I and think, there, there's also certainly an idea for women, but that's a whole other thing. Yes. And what I'm getting at, I think that I'm digging into, and I'm doing this selfishly because I <laughs> think about this a lot, um, is like, where did that come from? What is it from the very beginning of time when human beings just, oh, however we came to be, whatever you believe, um, what attracted people to each other at that time? And it was literally, I mean, to, and I am no scientist historian at all. So if I'm wrong, I apologize. But my understanding <laughs> is I would, if I was back in the, that time in the cave woman man era, I would be attracted to someone who could save me from a woolly mammoth. <laughs> right, right, right. Right? I think, yeah, I don't know. I, so why, but attraction, like what, but I don't need to be saved from a woolly mammoth anymore. So right. what, what is attraction now? Do I, and what do I need yeah. to be saved? Do I need to be saved at all? Yeah. What's my motivation for dating I if I don't need fine. to be saved? If I don't need to be saved, then why do it? 
Don't, yeah. You know, exactly. I mean, I have an answer to that, but it's kind of these questions that come up when we think about dating and modern dating and this desire and motivation for partnering. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so much there. Um, I, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to, I should start paying someone a dollar for every time I say there's so much to, to un- unwrap there or to unpack there. Um, Cause I always say that, uh, 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 <laughs> but there is, I, I mean, I grapple with this a lot. You can have a jar. Not that you do that. Yeah. I'm just saying that would be a cute little <laughs> addition to the podcast because you could do the ASMR. You just like drop a coin and it goes. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. I so anyway. I I do I do wrestle with this a lot because like for me I wonder sometimes if I am like 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 I find chemistry and spark and I find attraction based on things that aren't actually in my best interest, right? Like somebody who is physically attractive for whatever reason, because she's got like the jawline that I like, or she's got pretty eyes that I like, or she's got curves that I like, that kind of thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, you know, I, I would say I have the, I have a list just like you do of things that I, I've noticed that I find get my attention when I'm you know, right. looking at, looking at someone across the room um, or I guess more appropriately on the apps. Right. But hopefully across the room. <laughs> I wish um, I could. Yeah. That, yeah. Right. <laughs> And, yeah. I, and I wonder sometimes if those things, like, I I guess I there's a tension I feel within myself that it's like, should I be challenging those things? Should I be, should I be investigating in myself mm-hmm. and saying like, hey, maybe I shouldn't yes. be chasing mm-hmm. somebody because they have that jawline that I'm attracted to. Um, maybe I should learn to prioritize things that are going to better my chances of having that awesome 55 year uh, partnership, right? Um and I don't know the answer. Like I, and A, I don't know if I could. And B, I don't know I've if I should. I've done it. I've done it. You have? I want to hear all about it. Yes. So because my motivation for dating in the past was survival hmm. and was to feel good and worthy to be on this planet. I couldn't afford to to be very picky about attraction. Hmm. So the most important thing to me was someone who made me feel good and worthy. And again, I mean, this was, and this wasn't all the time, but a lot that I, I understand now that that was those were the needs and I was so scared and I was so hurt and I just was struggling. And hmm. so I and can have I pause dated. you real quick for a sec? Sure. Just, just to unpack one thing. When you, when you say survival yeah. to get back to that, and, yes. and that's a word that we're using a lot here, which I love yeah. just to be clear for the listeners, like, are you talking about like you needed to find a partner so that you could like pay rent and, and have food on the plate? Or are you talking about like, right. it felt like you needed to find partnership because you felt like it was a survival right. instinct? Survival instinct. I had money and rent. I, I had food, shelter, clothes. I had yeah. everything that I could need or want. Yeah. Okay. Got it. I just yeah. wanted to clarify. Yes. Yeah, Thank sorry. you for, that's on, a really good, yes, that's a really good clarification. It wasn't like I was living on the streets. And I needed right, a partner. Right. Yes. Thank you. That's really important to clarify. No, I, it was an emotional survival. Yeah. Um, 
Yes, emotional survival. And I think it comes from this like cave person era <laughs> where like I could be shunned and left for dead, like on the side of the road. Like it was, and I didn't know this at the time, but I've, I've dug deep into this. And um, so kind of circling back to what you're saying about you have thought to yourself, should I try to date? someone that maybe I'm less attracted to physically, but maybe I could, you know, the longevity because of our agreement on politics or whatever would be, you know, something, whatever you could yeah. think might create a longer standing long-term partnership. Yeah. So I oscillate between like, well, because of my experiences, I will never date someone again that I'm not physically attracted to. <laughs> so, and that's the thing is I became physically attracted to them, but actually it got muddy because I don't really know there were chemicals involved, like in terms of attachment and was that really attraction or was it attachment based on need and what, you know, there was a lot to, to think about there. So if I'm not initially physically attracted to someone, when I see them for the first time, it's a no go. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be controversial. And I, you know, I hope I don't get canceled, but <laughs> looks aren't everything. <laughs> I understand that looks are not everything, but I think I've, I've worked on this a lot in, in therapy and I actually see it working out. Like Misty Lou is so cute and she's not perfect. And I know she's just a dog, but not just, I mean, she's family. She's my, she is my everything. Uh -huh. And she's not my partner, but she, I have to take care of her and I have to build a relationship with her and it needs to be longstanding because I have to, I'm going to have her for the rest of her life. And I have noticed myself, you know, loving her despite all of everything that, you know, she could make my life harder in certain ways. If she goes to the bathroom inside or something like that, uh -huh, because uh -huh. she's cute, which because she she's never cute. does, by the way, right? <laughs> <laughs> because she's cute and I'm attracted. Like, I think she's adorable and she's so cute to me. I don't stay mad at her. Like, that's so yeah. basic. That seems so like third grader, but it like, there's a part of you that needs to just tap into that childlike attraction. That's just like, Oh, you're cute. Like, how great would that be if you're really upset with your partner and they came home and you're upset with them and you have the conversation, you have good communication. I'm not saying that you don't communicate and you don't work on the things you need totally. to work on, but how much easier would it be if you thought that person was really cute? Yeah. 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 Physically. Right? So much yeah, easier. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, okay. Let, let's, um, I want to try to, yeah, yeah. Looking for physical attraction. I, I, I mean, A, that we don't have a yeah. huge listenership. I don't think we're going to like trend on Twitter and get canceled. But I, I, I agree with you. I do think <laughs> I, I don't know. I wouldn't, I don't know if I would say this is right for everyone. I'm not sure that I would give anybody else's advice, but like, I know for me, I'm hoping to find somebody who, yeah, I feel, I feel that attraction and I'm hoping, yeah. um, because that's what I'm, you and, know, let me put it this way. Oh, sorry. I was just, sorry. I'm interrupting. I, I there's mm -hmm. this one, there's this ego. I'm using this maybe a little bit to my advantage, but there's this ego part of me too. That's like, you deserve that. You can have that. Sure. You are, you offer enough to be able, but then again, I think, gosh, like a hundred years ago, what, I mean, what could I have got? I mean, it's so, 
so I oscillate between you deserve that or you don't, you're just, you're not, be, you're not better than anyone else. You shouldn't even care what they like attraction. You're not, you don't deserve it. So I oscillate, but I know it hasn't worked for me and I've tried it over and over again where I wasn't yeah. physically attracted to someone and it didn't work. So I'm just trying yeah. to go with, okay. And, and I don't care what anyone else thinks. That's the other thing. Like if I think they're attractive, that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, what I would say is like, you know, I think, and, and you're a very attractive lady. You're very awesome. Thank you. I well, feel you like think so. someone else may not think so. <laughs> fair. Okay. Fair. I would say broad strokes speaking, the conventional attractiveness, like I, I, let me put it this way. I know there are a lot of dudes who are swiping right on you on the apps nice. when you're on the apps, which is to say, but which is to say, like, I think what I wanted to say was, I think a lot of people maybe you more than most, but I think a lot of people have, you know, quote unquote options, right? Modern dating, we're on the internet, gives us access to date a thousand people. And mm -hmm. the downside is we can also date a thousand people. I say that a lot, but I do. I think that's yeah. kind of the core of the issue. And, you know, I, th I think there's a piece of me that feels like if I did drop the like need to feel that physical attraction, I would have a lot of options, right? And I'm, and I'm, mm. I would wager to say that that you would too. If if you decided you wanted mm. to drop that physical attraction mm. requirement, it's it's probably pretty straightforward to find because you're a nice enough person. You've done the work. I feel like mm. I've done a lot of work. Like I can, and we're getting mm. a little. We could talk about being like a chameleon in a relationship too, mm. right? But like, I feel like when you have enough, it, I feel like I'm at a point where I could probably make a relationship work with a lot of different people. I, I feel like I'm yes. old enough, certainly old enough, but like I've learned like what, I think I've learned what healthy compromise is. I think I've learned what, like how to be, in, I've learned a lot about how I function in a relationship, how relationships function in general. I think that like, I, I'm, I'm not trying to say that I could make it work with anybody because that's not true. But like, I think if, if I knocked that physical attractive checkbox off of my requirements, that would open it up to a lot more people because I'm attracted to physically, certain things right mm -hmm. and i think there are days when i feel like well if i just ignored that i would be able to my odds of finding mm -hmm. happiness might be better but as you say i've tried it you know and it's like when you do that well, that's the thing you're saying if i ignore it find happiness if you ignore yeah. something yeah. can you find happiness it's like right if you it's almost like saying if i could just become someone with blonde hair yeah i would if i could be born with blonde hair then i would have this you know be it's different. like yeah right i i'm 